0: Good morning. Oh, it's still going. Sorry. Uh, Good morning. Glad to have you here. Welcome to Silver Creek. Uh, If you're joining us online, welcome as well. Uh, We are in the middle of our series called When Pigs Fly and looking at the fact that we serve a God who does and still works in miracles, bringing where He as God intervenes in our world and causes something to happen that wouldn't have happened unless he had done what he did. And if you weren't here in the previous weeks, on week number one, we talked about the fact that, that Jesus still has power over the forces of darkness, over Satan and over his uh, demons, and so we looked at the power of that. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that there are still miracles of healing that are happening, and, and we prayed together, and, and we asked God to work in certain people's lives and, and to bring healing, and I think God is still working and, and changing lives in that. And if you were here, and we prayed for you, and, and God is doing something, we'd love for you to tell us so we can uh, celebrate with that with you. But I think even more important than any of the physical healings that may have been taking place, I think the spiritual healings that are happening out of this and some of the ways that God is working and and in developing and growing our faith is really what we're ultimately after. Next week, we're going to wrap up the series and we're going to talk about miracles of provision and how God provides for us. This morning, I'm just curious, though, however, how many of you would ever say that somewhere in your life uh, you prayed a prayer that went something like this where you're just sort of like, okay, God, God, if you can get me through this, God, if you can get me through this next little bit, if you can just bail me out right now, then I will serve you forever. Right? Maybe, maybe it was when you were in school, or if you're in school right now, it's that, it's that test, right? Where you didn't study at all. And as they pass out the paper, you're like, God, if you could just get me through this test, if you could help me remember and recall details I never studied, if those would just magically come to my fingers or my brain. Okay, God, I I know I was speeding again, and I shouldn't have been speeding, and I've got this ticket. And God, if you could just just cause the officer to just let me go, I promise we won't. uh, No more speeding. Maybe you found yourself uh, worshiping at the porcelain throne one morning. Drank too much the night before, and you're like, God, I promise I will never do that again. God, I, I thank you for getting me home safe. God, thank you. But I will never drink if you, God, if you would just save me from this situation, I will serve you forever. Sounds like a few of us have been there It's some way or another at that moment where, God, I need you. And this morning, I want to look at the, the miraculous power that God has and that he provides, where he still protects us and he still serves us and he still delivers us. There's a guy in the Bible thousands of years ago uh, who God protected several times, many times. His name was David. And David had some very profound and powerful thoughts as he began to find God protecting him. Uh, near the front of your Bible or in the middle of your Bible, we come to the book of Psalms, and David wrote this. He says, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. We, we have a God that, that has the power to save, and we have a God that, that has the power to deliver and the power to rescue us. And sometimes we see it, and sometimes we don't. When I was in the eighth grade, uh, some random week in February, I don't know exactly what week it was, but in the middle of February, I got really sick. Some sort of flu and cough and fever, and it was just miserable. I mean, I pretty much couldn't, couldn't go anywhere for about three days. I just laid at home sick. Just spent my whole time on the couch, just sick and sick. Couldn't go to school, couldn't leave the house. Day number four, I got just good enough, just well enough that I was able to leave and go on this overnight basketball trip that I'd really wanted to go on, but I really probably wasn't well enough, but I was like, I'm going. I'd just been laying on the couch for four days, and I'm like, oh, I really hope I can get going, go on this. So I was able to go on the trip, and going on the trip that fourth day literally saved my life. On that fourth day, when I was gone, an electrical fire started in my parents' bedroom. And the fire, the door was closed in their room, and the fire got hotter and grew more intense and hotter and more intense and just kept growing and growing and growing in their room. And, and finally, at one point, when the fire left their room, what it actually did is it blew the door off of their room, and then the firemen described that there was a, a wave of heat and like a ball of flame that sens- essentially moved through the house. It was about 600 degrees, they said, and it just swept through the house in an instant. And then it was over firemen got there, and basically the plastic, everything that was plastic in the house, the, shan- the uh, chandeliers, um, the light fixtures, <laughs> chandeliers that were plastic. Anyway, the, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the light fixtures and the toothbrushes, they were just like, Ew. had I been laying on the couch that day, there is no way I would have survived. God rescued me. God saved me in that moment believe with all my heart that, that God performed something miraculous in that day that allowed me to be healthy enough to get out. But what about when God doesn't? Because there's many people that sadly have died in house fires. So how do we, how do we come to this place in our minds where, where sometimes God saves and sometimes God rescues and then sometimes He doesn't? Is, is God just cruel? Is he asleep sometimes? Does he just miss it? I'm just going to rip off the band-aid real quick, because this is going to sting for just a minute, because there are things about God that we just can't understand, and they're so hard to understand, and sometimes it causes people to just totally lose their faith and have no ability to, to stay in and stay engaged with God. Think back to 9-11, 2001. A day where where that date no longer was just another day on the calendar. 2,996 lives lost as as planes flew into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon, crashing in a field outside of Somerset County, Pennsylvania. I mean, this just told us that, that God saves and rescues the godly. I mean, there had to have been some godly individuals on those planes, right? And in those buildings... And then the people that that attempted to rescue that died that day? But then you have all the people that didn't die. The people that were in the buildings. The people that were in the surrounding buildings. And the people that were offering help. and Those didn't die. Not all of them died. And what about the people that stayed home that day that didn't die? That a lot of people might say, God protected them. God saved them. So, So then what do we do with those that died so we have to figure out how do we walk in that tension how do we figure that out how do we live with the fact that we do serve a god that saves that does protect but sometimes he doesn't not every time does things go the way that we think it should go difficult subject my guess is you're glad you're there and not here but let me try and give you some maybe answers but maybe some ability to get more comfort around this concept, Ryan, am I, I feel like I'm really ringing all of a sudden. Is that, no? Maybe it's just me. Anyway, and at the same time as we try to find some comfort in this, can we hopefully even just build more of a faith in the fact that we serve a God of miracles? And so my goal is to give you some thoughts this morning that will, that will help us sort of walk away this morning and as we face those moments where God protects And those moments where it seems like he hasn't how do we wrestle with those And my hope is is as we move through this message each thought will will build on each other a little bit more And it will start to make a little bit more sense as we progress through this morning because truly My hope is that internally this will allow you to grow in your faith and that god's word will speak to you this morning So the first thought is this Long before you ever faced a problem god already had a plan Long before you ever faced that unexpected difficulty or that unexpected tragedy, God already had a plan in place. I mean, consider all of the examples in the Bible. Long before the rain started to flood the earth, God already put in place a plan for Noah and his family and all of the animals to get on that boat. God had a plan for that. God God was planning for Noah. Long before Jonah gets thrown overboard in the middle of a storm, God had planned for that fish to come and rescue him and then take him to shore. Long before the Israelites find themselves cornered with the Egyptian soldiers coming on one side and a mountain on another side and, and a big sea on the other side, long before that, God had already planned that he was going to part the Red Sea and allow them to escape on dry ground. So what that means for you and I, what that means is we can find comfort in the fact that long before you discovered that that really difficult health news, and long before you lost your job, and and long before that girl broke your heart, God already had a plan. And so if we can internalize these stories, and if we can recognize that God is speaking to us through those, it it can bring comfort and confidence. Confidence. The God is still the God of the miraculous rescue and the miraculous save and the miraculous protection. He has the ability to guard us, to to commission his angels, and at his word, they will follow his command, and they will come and save. And he can shut the mouths of lions, and he can calm the raging storm. But long before you and I face whatever the problem is, we need to embrace the fact that, and the truth that, God is there. And even if we don't understand it, even if we don't get the situation, even if it doesn't make sense at all, recognize that long before whatever the problem is you face, God already has a plan to help you get through that situation. So let's dig a little deeper. And look at another story, a fascinating story about God's protection and God's miraculous work, where it starts out, and God doesn't even seem to be in the picture the apostle paul who's actually uh, responsible pretty much for helping spread the message of jesus beyond the streets of israel and taking it out to the world apostle paul is on a missionary journey and he's traveling in Acts chapter 16 we read about this girl that's a slave to a couple of guys and this girl she has a really neat little trick she can predict the future unfortunately the reason that she's able to predict the future is she's possessed by a demon And so these guys are using her, and they're selling her, and they're selling her ability, and she's predicting the future for what's going to happen to people. And she is making her owners stacks of cash. She is making it rain. But evidently, it becomes a pretty big nuisance for Paul. Because she's following behind, and, and his partner, Silas, who's there, is traveling with him. They're like, okay, we, we tolerated this for a little while, but this is getting out of hand, and it's getting in the way. we gotta, we got to shut this down. So eventually, they get tired of it, and they turn around, and they say, listen, we're, gonna, we're just going to take care of this. And they, they cast the demon out, and the demon takes off, and the girl's ability is gone. And all of a sudden, these men are ticked, right? I mean, they just lost their cash cow, so these two guys get all upset, and they're all mad, and so they start telling all these lies about Paul and Silas, and they're making up stuff, and they're lying about who they are, and it ultimately creates this huge riot. And all of it's untrue, but everybody's like wanting to attack Paul and Silas, and all of a sudden, they find themselves victim of these lies and of these riots, and then we pick up the story. It's in Acts 16, 22. It says this, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Paul and Silas are serving Jesus, faithfully doing what God has called them to do. Then they actually just help this poor girl who's possessed by a demon. And then suddenly they're unfairly accused, wrongly stripped of their clothing, flogged, beaten with sticks... If I'm Paul, I would be thinking, hey, God, this is not fair. This doesn't make sense. And not only God, am I serving you? Paul is actually a Roman citizen, which means he's exempt from any type of punishment like this. It's illegal for them to punish a Roman citizen the way that he just got punished. He had some protection. So he's been wrongly accused. He didn't do anything wrong. He's been unfairly beaten. He was exempt from the whole process. None of it makes sense. None of it seems fair. And I'm hoping that that none of you in this room have ever been taken down and beaten physically. But tragically, some of us in this room have been stripped down of our hope where at one point you had this faith and you believed and you trusted in God and you're like, anything that needs, God will step in and he'll be there and anything that I need. And, and somewhere along the line, something happened and you've been, you've been stripped of that hope. Others, maybe you maybe you weren't beaten with a club, but you've been beaten down with words of discouragement. Maybe it was other people. Maybe other people said things into your life and just tore you down. Maybe it was yourself. Maybe the, only, your, the things that you say to yourself about who you are, and you just beat yourself down. And all of that has led to this, maybe this faith that at one point was vibrant, where you felt God, and you felt his presence, and it's all been stripped away, and you've been beaten down unfairly. And it's easy to be like, God, it's not fair. Where were you? Nobody had a right to do this when we think about Paul and what he was doing and what God called him to and how he's publicly being painfully beaten and all of this torture and all of this, here's what we have to understand. Here's what we need to get is that just because God allowed it to happen doesn't mean God doesn't care. I mean, if we took a quick poll of this situation that Paul is going through, I think most of us would be like, that's not fair. It shouldn't have happened. Like, God, we don't know where you were in this situation. God, you've told us, you say, you you said you'd protect, and you didn't. And then it appears like God did not provide. He didn't provide a miracle of protection. I mean, God could have, if he wanted to, he could have sent down a 10-foot angel, <whistles> pulls out his bow, back off. And if you don't, I got some guys that are going to come in, right? I mean, he could have done that. He's like, you keep messing with Paul, I'm going to bring in my brothers. God could have done that. And God didn't. So, so when bad things happen in our life, when, when it doesn't go the way that we hope, when it doesn't seem fair, we have to be able to still rest in the reality that, that God still cares about our hurts. God still cares about the pain, even if he didn't stop the pain from happening. It's Father's Day. And if you're a dad, if you're a parent, you get this. Because there are times where your kids want to try something. They want to test something. They want to learn to ride a bike. They want to attempt something, and we know this is probably going to cause some pain. But I'm going to allow you to try out for that team. I'm going to allow you to try and ride your bike. I'm going to allow you to go out for the band or the play or whatever, knowing that if they don't get the part, if they don't make the team, if they crash their bike, I allowed it to happen. But I still care about their pain i still want to be there as they suffer through it my youngest son colby was about four years old colby was like this little adventure monkey basically um so one time i'm walking down the hallway and as i get down the hallway i look to my left into the boys room and the dresser is right there and on top of the dresser is colby and he's standing stiff as a board on top of the dresser and right as i get there he starts to lean forward I'm like whoa 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 and then I look and I realize oh he's got this covered because he had taken four blankets and he had laid them out perfectly flat (laughs) (laughs) got it you know and I just watch him just Colby you all right bud (laughs) yeah I'm good dad I'm good like, I don't know that I could have stopped it, but when I saw it, like, I watched it, I, I kind of allowed it to happen. I didn't even, I didn't even try to jump in. <laughs> Maybe, I I don't know. I wanted him, I don't know. But it doesn't mean when he was laying there, like, oh, doesn't mean I didn't care. And so then we talked through, like, pile the blankets up. Let's go again. Pile them up. Four didn't, w- let's try six. Like, how many? Tell it doesn't hurt, Cole. Um... Just kidding, just kidding. I just threw him on the next one. Um, Just because we go through pain doesn't mean God doesn't care. And for Paul, what he determined was he determined he was going to know how to respond even before he got there. Because so many of us, if we went through something like this with like Paul did, so many people would be like, "Well, I'm going to quit going to my connect group then. If God's not going to do this, I'm you know I'm not even going to go to church anymore." God, I, I, I committed to listening to Christian radio. I'm going to start listening to some of that secular stuff. Because, God, you didn't show up. God, you could have protected me, but you didn't. And you didn't stop the pain, and you didn't help me avoid it. God, I'm just going to show you. If you're not going to have my back, then I'm going to do my own thing. But look at what Paul did. This is what it says. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They're sitting in prison, and they're singing. They're sitting in prison singing after God did not do the miraculous thing to protect them, the miraculous thing that he could have done. When they found themselves in a very difficult situation where God could have helped them avoid it, they chose to worship before the obvious miracle happened they chose to worship first they're sitting there they're singing they're worshiping God and they're praising him and they're lifting their hands and I don't know how far they're lifting their hands they're in chains but they're lifting their hearts and they're lifting their voices and they're praising God and all of the prisoners listening that means they're all thinking these dudes are crazy they got nothing to sing about they're chained up like the rest of us what are they celebrating And there's sometimes in our life where we praise God and we show up and we serve Him and we worship Him and we're like, oh, I feel it, God. I sense you. I sense your presence. But there's sometimes where we don't feel Him and we don't sense Him. And what we have to get to is the place where we still choose to praise and acknowledge and appreciate who He is. Not worshiping Him because of what He's not yet done, but worshiping about what He might do in the future and because of who He is. Whether he does it or not, and maybe we don't feel like worshiping him yet, but we continue to choose to, and we're choosing to worship him when we feel like it, and worship him, worshiping him when we don't feel like it, and choosing to worship with him when we see his hand at work, and choosing to worship him when it feels like he's just removed his hands completely. And amazingly, there's some of you that walked in here today and your life circumstances and the things that are happening to you as you came in this morning, you didn't feel like it. Great, incredible job showing up. Honestly, sometimes we're so deflated, just showing up and being around other people is difficult, but you showed up anyway and you still, you continue to praise, or at least you praise God and put yourself in a situation where that was happening. Praising God not because of what he is doing, or because of what he's not doing, but just praising him for who he is. Because if we can begin to follow the example of Paul and Silas thanking God way before it ever happens, thanking Him before He takes any action, it changes our whole process of looking at how God does the miraculous in our life. Thanking Him before He actually provides any sort of protection is what Paul and Silas are doing. Before the miracle, Paul is already praising God. And some of us need to make that conscious decision to thank Him. Thank Him. Not because of what you've seen him do or doing in the moment, but just because of who he is. Because maybe right now you're in the middle of a prison. You feel locked down because of your circumstances or because of a relationship or the outcome of an event. Can I just encourage you in the middle of that, continue to worship and continue to acknowledge God. And recognize that God is a good God and he's a God that loves. He's a God that protects and he is a God that when he hasn't stepped in and it doesn't feel like he's protected and it doesn't feel like he's there, he still guides and he still walks through those difficult moments with us. So it's midnight for Paul and Silas. I mean, it's dark. Both literally and just in their situation. But they're still praising. And when you and I choose to worship and continue to praise God even before he works get to see God do some amazing things. Go back to the story. It says this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Okay, just so you know, our God is a suddenly God. Suddenly. That means nobody thought this was going to happen. Not even Paul and Silas. It's like, ah, we're just hanging, you know, all of a sudden. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't think things could change, even when it looks like everything is locked up, even when there's no hope, even when everything has been beaten down and stripped away, suddenly God shows up. In the moments right before this, God didn't protect them. They got beaten up and thrown in prison, and now God does a miracle. And suddenly this violent earthquake happens and the foundation of the prison is totally shaken up and the doors fly open and the chains come loose. And we learned back in week number one that a a pig fly moment, a miracle, is when the God of heaven intervenes in earth and changes the situation. So God didn't do a miracle and now God does a miracle and the ground shakes and suddenly the doors open and the chains fall off. God shows up in a real way, and an earthquake happens, and then the jailer wakes up, and he's like, oh no, the doors are open, I'm going to lose my job, by, by now, all the prisoners have got to be out of here, I'm going to get fired, boss is probably going to kill me, literally, the boss is going to kill me. So much was he convinced that the boss was going to kill him He actually took out his sword And was about to kill himself And all of a sudden Paul's like No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa We haven't left, I don't know why We haven't left And Jiller's like, what? Jailer's like, okay, so I'm feeling like maybe this God You were singing about is a real thing could, could you tell me What I need to do To be friends with him How do I get to know that God? Paul's like, well, let me tell you all about it. And not only does Paul have the opportunity to introduce the jailer to Christ, now the entire family of the jailer gets to know about the grace and the goodness and the salvation, the saving grace that was available. I don't know if you can sense what I just said, but Paul wasn't saved in the middle of the situation and now suddenly Paul is saved and the jailer is saved and his entire family has just been saved here's what we have to get to today here's what we have to understand is that sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans before Paul was even in prison God already had a plan don't you think like well Paul's getting the snot beat out of him God's like okay just hang tight because it's going to get really good Right, I mean, what's so clearly obvious is that God did not do a miracle to protect him. He gets beaten, and then there's this obvious miracle where he protects him. I think there's so many ways in our life that are so not obvious to the natural eye that God protects us. I'm convinced that there are things that happen all the time where God protects us, and we do not see it, and we don't even know about it, and we'll never know about it. You're running late for a job interview, and, and you're trying to get there, and you're like, I need this job, I need this job, and all of a sudden you get stuck at a train crossing. You're like, this is not fair, stupid train. Why do we even have trains, right? You're like, get out of the way. Why do we have these? Right? And you have no idea that God is protecting you because what's just on the other side of that train you don't need. Protecting you from something you didn't even know you needed protected from. You're like, but God, I want that job and I qualified for that job. And now I'm not going to get that job because the stupid train made me late. And then who knows, six months later, everybody that works there gets laid off and is out of work and now. I I I, I can't even come up with the ideas. I don't even know them because we don't even see them. The ways that God is at work protecting. So what we need to recognize is that God is at work, and what we probably need to do is we probably need to start thanking God and praising God for the times that he didn't answer the prayer that you wanted. That thing that you were praying so hard about, you're like, God, I want this, God, I want this, I want this, but if God did what you wanted, if what you wanted had happened, then what God did wouldn't have been able to happen, and you wouldn't have realized what God was able to do, and what God did was so much better than what you ever wanted. And sometimes that might be a name. Ladies, maybe there was a guy that you dated. And for some of you, maybe you can think back to the real story where, where there was this guy and you're like, I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to marry this guy. And then some reason it didn't happen and you're like, oh, I'm so devastated. And then down the road, something so much better comes along. Ladies, I'm hoping that's true in some of these stories here. Like, <laughs> If all of you are like, no, no, it pretty much didn't work out that way. Where was God when I needed him? (laughs) Sorry, fellas. Anyway, sometimes we need to offer God thanks for things we don't understand. And just recognize and know that God is a God of goodness. And his character and his nature, he's the God that breaks breaks doors open, throws the chains off and opens the doors and provides salvation in ways we don't even know. He could have sent an angel up front to deliver, but he didn't. And then maybe down the road, he's going to step in in a way that we never would have seen. We get to experience his goodness and his faithfulness and recognize that long before you ever got into the problem that you're in, God has a plan. And in those times, it's an opportunity for us to spiritually mature and to grow in our faith and become more and more like Christ. And through that process, eventually learning that that God's purposes don't always align with our temporary plans. Let that sink in. We've got to understand that sometimes we've got to learn that God's purposes don't always align with our temporary plans. I mean, think about this. God delivered Paul from prison until he didn't. Because Paul gets arrested again and goes back into prison. In fact, scholars estimate that Paul probably spent somewhere between five and six years in prison. And there were times that God broke him out of prison or set him free. And then there were times that he didn't break him out because God had another purpose. In fact, for Paul, on his fifth missionary journey or just after his fifth missionary journey, he gets arrested again. He gets tried by Nero, found guilty for being faithful to Jesus. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm guilty. Paul can't be crucified, again, because he's a Roman citizen, so he's not allowed to face crucifixion, so instead, they cut off his head. At a moment where God could have sent an angel, God didn't. But because God didn't, God used the whole process of Paul to spread the message of Jesus around the world. In fact, ten of the twelve disciples that followed Jesus closely, the ones that gave their life to him, died in similar fashion. Judas turned away and left Jesus. John's the only one that sort of survived, and John survived because they dipped him in boiling oil, and he managed to survive that thing. And then he gets sent off and exiled to this place called Patmos, where he just dies of old age. But all the rest of them that faithfully followed God, he protected them until he didn't. And I I don't know another way to say this, but if we and I are thinking that God's going to protect us from every pain we're going to ever have, we got a problem. But what we have to recognize is that as we face any situation, God always has a plan in the process. And sometimes we just have to wake up and realize and understand that God's eternal purposes are so much higher than our thoughts. So far beyond our ability and our human mind's capability and in our temporary world to comprehend it. We have to just kind of rest and trust in the fact that God does have the power to protect and oftentimes miraculously he protects us in ways that we never see and he protects us so often in things we don't even know but what we have to understand and what we have to allow to sink in is that God's promise is to never leave us let me tell you what Paul never said when he was sitting in prison in the times where God didn't protect him. In the times where God didn't send an angel to break him out. I don't think Paul was ever like, God, this isn't fair. God, forget you. You know what? I'm never going back to that stupid church. I tried religion. It didn't work for me. What Paul did say in prison, he said, you know what? I'm just going to rejoice in this suffering. You know what, I, I've pretty much just emptied myself out and, and let God use me however he wants to use me. And so I'm just going to rejoice in that because I'm going to delight in these hardships and in this persecution and in these difficulties because when I am weak and when things are horrible and when things are not going well and when it looks like it's all out of control, that's when God makes me strong. And I don't mean to ruin your day today, um, but we all know this, you're going to die. And, I, and I'm going to die. And there's going to be a day where it's game over. we'll be pushing up daisies and our bodies will give up and this is not a really positive way to end it but um (laughs) there's gonna be a day where God doesn't protect and he allows you to die and God never promised that he would always protect us he just said he'll never leave us that he would always be with us that he would always be faithful that he would always be good And so there's a chance, there's a good possibility that there will be those days where you walk away from a tragedy, where God protects you, and then you praise him. And then there'll be those times where we lose someone, or we're lost to a tragedy. And in that moment, we continue to praise him. And recognize that long before the problem came around, long before the situation was there, God had a plan. And that someday we get to enter into all eternity with him. And at that point, there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more pain. And we'll get to see his glory and it'll all be revealed. All of his perfection will happen. But until that happens, God's promise is to be true and to be in our lives and to walk through each of those problems that we face. And along the way, we get to experience some miracles of protection. and Begin to understand that God is always good, that he is always at work for an eternal purpose sometimes that means he protects and sometimes that means he saves and sometimes it means he just walks through the trouble with us and every week we put these green connect cards in your program and just challenge you to take what you've heard this morning and to process wherever it is that you're at in life whatever it is that jesus is saying to you what is your next step those next steps are on the back of the card, and it's a great way for us to be praying as, as God is working in your life, and you can add prayer requests there as well. But what is your next step? Maybe your next step is just to spend some time thinking about where God has probably protected you, you just didn't notice it. Maybe you need to take some time and share with a friend where God's plan was revealed long after the problem had occurred. Maybe you need to continue, commit to continuing worshiping God even before the miracle happens. Maybe you need to continue to ask God for protection and for him to reveal his presence in your life. Wherever you're at, I just again challenge you to respond and invite Jesus to be active as you process through these things in life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you have the, the, the power and the ability and the resources to protect. And So many times in our life, you do. Thank you for that. Thank you for the times that we don't even know you stepped in. God, would you help us to be able to process and understand the reality that you don't always step in. But more than anything, would you help us to recognize that you are always right there with us, that you always have a plan, that you always have something you're working towards. Help us to hold on to the fact that you are a good, loving God. Help us to worship you continually and to thank you even before anything happens. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.